Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular point in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game fun, special, interesting, whatever our guests remember about it, as well as we will dive into the context of when they had this meaningful time with it and any details uh, that uh, just paint that story even more clearly for us. A little bit of housekeeping for the show is that there's a few ways you can interact with us on social media. We're on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We're on Twitter at callmebyyourgame just with one Y, so it's B-Y-O-U-R. And we're also on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod. Uh, And there you can see uh, what episodes we have coming out. You can uh, see the cool art I make for every episode and also learn about our guests uh, and how you can support them or check out whatever they have going on. Uh, You can also support the show a few different ways. Uh, One is by leaving us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, If you leave it on Apple Podcasts, I'll see it and read it on the show. But if you leave it somewhere else, they don't populate on just about any other podcatcher. So feel free to uh, hit me up on social media and I'd be happy to shout you out. Um, And that would be great if you could leave us a review. Uh, It helps our visibility, helps more people find us. And I just love hearing what people are enjoying about the show. Um, You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or the game that our guest has brought on for the main event today. Uh, If you're a listener of the show, you can also join, join, you can join our brand new Discord. Um, So that's usually what happens if I have like a sort of a a flub in in my speech. It just, I just go Irish. It, it. Usually it feels like a good failsafe for me, but we have a Discord now, uh, actually for our whole network, for Super NPC Radio, and a channel dedicated to Call Me By Your Game, uh, and a bunch of stuff. So if you uh, are, you know, if you enjoy the show, you want to get in on the conversation and talk to other people about what you're enjoying about the show actively, um, feel free to, again, hit us up on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, message me, and I'll send you the invite link to that Discord And lastly, uh, for the Discord, we actually have a Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where we have a bunch of bonus additional video game podcasts for you. So if you like me or the people that you hear on these shows, you're probably going to like what you find there. And um, for example, one of the offerings that we have is uh, I do a monthly uh, thorough discussion on a meaningful game in more of a group style episode as opposed to this intimate one-on-one that we'll have today. Um, They're called the Call Me By Your Game co-op episodes. Uh, We've done 30 of them at this point. So if you happen to subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier for a month, you could just binge all of them if you'd like. Uh, And most recently, we had an episode on God of War Ragnarok. And coming up in January, we'll have one on Mother 3. Um, And again, anything I just plugged is in – there's a link in the show notes uh, and anything that we will plug today. So feel free to check – uh, the episode notes and just click again. That's at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And that'll do it uh, for the housekeeping. And we'll finally introduce our guest for the day. Uh, please welcome co-host of the scary movie sleepover podcast, Matt Adams. Hey, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. And I want you to know that I'm, I've already shown restraint on this episode because as I was starting to, you know, uh, introduce you in the, in, in the title that we went over before the episode, I had an instinct to go into sort of like a Dracula, like scary voice. Um, uh, and I didn't do it, uh, but 
now it feels like I should have, but I, I just want you to know I, I'm on my best behavior today. Hey, I appreciate it, but I would have liked the Dracula voice too. Okay, cool. Maybe uh, maybe I'll do it for you off pod uh, or on the break. It's, it's funny because the uh, I, an iconic thing about this game is the <laughs> narrator's voice. The voice. The character. Yeah. It's like, uh, you now have enough crystals to enter the lair. Yes. Uh, it's so good. He, it's because I did. I this is not a game. I've played a version as I. T- well, we'll get into it later. But yeah, yeah the voice yeah. is iconic. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear from you about it. Um, but Matt, I, obviously, you're the co-host of the podcast Scary Movie Sleepover. Can you tell the listener yeah. about uh, what you do on the show? Anything you might want to share about it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, Scary Movie Sleepover is a podcast I co-host with my friend Tanner Hodgson. Sweet boy. And we. Yeah, he's the best. And we have uh, a friend on, um, and they talk about a movie that scared them as a child. And then usually um, a character from the sh- movie or show, sometimes we do TV shows, will we'll wander into the studio. Wow. And we have to, we'll talk to them for a bit. Yeah, so we've had like E.T. has been on. We've had Chucky, <laughs> actor Brendan Fraser uh, a couple oh months ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've had, we've had some big names just wander into the studio. That's incredible. Um, uh, I love that. I I got to hear both of you recently on the Reactivators podcast, and it was so much fun uh, listening to you both uh, that I know the listener is going to enjoy checking out your pod. And and like I said earlier, anything we plug will be in the show notes. But uh, um, that's so much fun. You started that show within the last year, right? Yeah, we started it last July, I believe. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah, so rounding that six months, gorgeous. Uh, oh yeah. Um, but that's you know that's not the only thing I know you from or how I know you. I know you through the Los Angeles improv community. Um, and sometimes on the show, uh, I I can remember exactly where I first saw or met someone, and I'm pretty sure I remember where I met you. But I want you to tell me whether or not this is accurate because okay. I know it could I could be misremembering this one aspect of it because i know that i i mean i remember seeing you at shows but here here goes nothing uh okay did we have uh, a herald audition together years ago that's exactly right yeah i feel <laughs> so good about myself now uh yeah yes uh was was my also in our group oh or am i, I don't think so. a different one i think that might be a different one because it was definitely i def i i only remember you uh god who else i think arisha was in that our group too, oh maybe. amazing yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I just, I remember you just such a pleasant presence there, even though we didn't know each other, uh, or maybe we did by this point, I, I'm having trouble placing what year that if this was like 18 or 19. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then I would see you, you're, uh, you know, performing in the indie community for a while and it's so funny. Um, but so, oh, so I feel good because half the time I can't place when I met someone because, <laughs> you know, we meet a lot of people in this community and it just sort of, it's hard to pinpoint that specifically. Yeah. For, like, I think I'd probably seen you around before, yeah. but that was our first real introduction. I had the same exact memory. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I feel so <laughs> affirmed today. Um, well, Matt, uh, outside of the stuff we've shared about, is there anything else you want to share with the listener about who you are, what you're up to, or anything else you want to plug today? You know, uh, not really. <laughs> hey, there we go. Yeah, I got the podcast, so you can check that out. But uh, yeah, not too much on the horizon right now. 
Awesome. Uh, well, very cool. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, before we actually get into you know your personal history with video games, uh, Matt, would you please introduce the game of the main event today, and would you please call me by your game? Okay. <clears throat> Gauntlet Dark Legacy. That sounded like Don Pardo. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, that was bad. Although I wouldn't mind living in an alternate reality where he did the narration for this game. Um, wow. That was fantastic. I'm glad one of us uh, it has the has the guts to do an impression today. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited to hear from you about this game a little later. Uh, it's going to be fun. But let's hear about yeah. your just general history with games. Do you remember like when at a certain point you took an interest in video games growing up? I so for me, video games have just always been a part of my life. Yeah. I don't re- yeah, I don't remember the exact moment like I picked up a controller or anything. It's yes. just I can always remember having playing, you know, playing video games. Uh and I have older siblings, so my brother's like fifteen years older than me, so he Oh yeah had a he had like a original Nintendo system, NES, and then my sister who's about fourteen years older than me had a Sega Genesis. So I grew up playing, you know, Super Mario Bros, Duck Hunt with the uh, yeah, plastic with the, gun. with the zapper. Yeah, and Sega Genesis was playing Sonic. And for some reason, I really liked the Home Alone game for Sega Genesis. <laughs> Amazing. Which is probably bad. But also, I, I wasn't like choosing these games. These are just like what they had. And they had like moved out of the house by then. So their systems were just left over. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's, uh, and then that's I, so I, yeah, I have another sister who got who's who was, a little younger. Thirteen she, years older than you. <laughs> no, she, she, she's seven years older than me. Okay, gotcha. And she got a PlayStation One, which kind of became our both of our systems. And you know, played a lot of Crash Bandicoot, uh, Twisted Metal, uh, Ape Escape, all those. Oh man, classic some real classic PS One titles. Did you yeah. ever get into the Spyro series at all? I never owned uh, any of the Spyro games, but like my cousin had it. And I remember playing like, uh, uh, what was it? Pizza Hut used to give demos yes. of PlayStation games. And I played like one level in Spyro 20 times. That's so funny. Yeah, you just go yeah. go back to the, I mean, those demos are famous, but yeah, you would just, because famously a lot of, I think way back on, I believe episode two, Mikey Stevens was on talking about Metal Gear Solid. And I think, his intro to the game was also this famous demo disc where you would just play through, I think, the opening of Shadow Moses, and you could, but it was so compelling, he would just do it over and over. Oh, yeah, exactly. I had the same thing with uh, that game Medieval. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I remember, I have such like a sense memory of that game because I played that one level 20 times. Amazing. You know, so many times, yeah. Gosh, that's so cool. Um, So is the PlayStation, so it sounds like that was, like a formative sort of console um, for you, the original PlayStation. Where did your gaming journey go after this? Then the the first system I had that was mine uh, fully was I had a PlayStation 2. Sick. So I, I definitely consider myself a PlayStation kid. Yeah. Even though I did dabble in Sega and you know, Nintendo earlier. But it was never really my realm. I, I think... PS1 and PlayStation 2 is where I played most of my games as a kid. 
That's killer. Uh, it was, I had a, a sort of similar thing where my first console that I had ownership over was the Nintendo 64 because we kind of similarly just had like an NES around before that. But it was the next, that like PS2 GameCube generation where I was like f- really in and was like, and first time I looked forward to having a console, were, were, was the, were you looking forward to the PlayStation 2 before it came out or was it just like, oh, it's out and I'd like that? I think I don't remember even asking for it or yeah. anything from for, from my parents. I think maybe they saw that I enjoyed PlayStation One and this new one had come out, so they got it for me. Yeah, that could be completely wrong. I just don't remember. But I I, I don't have any memories of being like, oh, I, this PlayStation Two, I want this. Yes, it just uh, you know I got it and was like, oh yeah, this is it. I love that. Um, yeah, that's that's so cool. Of course, I, I remember like. You know, because I've made video games such a big part of my life, I have a lot of historical knowledge of it, of, of, of the history of video games now too. And this PlayStation 2 is is the greatest selling console of all time. Um, and it was a great, absolutely a great console. What I'm about to share, I don't want to take away from it, but a big reason that it sold so well was because it also functioned as, as a DVD player. Um, oh, yeah. Did you use the DVD uh, capabilities at all growing up? Oh, for sure, because I was a big movie <laughs> fan as a kid, too. So I, I had stacks and stacks of DVDs, so I'd watch those as well. That was also like the golden age of like, of special features, too. Oh, yeah. Like right after DVDs, DVDs were still a sort of a new technology, at least it felt at the time. And I remember like getting sucked at – like I didn't ever own Shrek, but a friend owned Shrek, and that had a bunch of like Easter eggs and stuff to find. I had like the Harry Potter movies as a kid. Yeah, I think the Shrek DVD had like a game you could play. Oh, maybe. I remember it was like an interactive game and I remember playing that a lot. That's that's so funny. Uh I I love that. Well, so on the PlayStation 2, I know we've got a PlayStation 2 on for the main event today, but yeah. what were some other like impactful games for you during this time? Um well, uh James Bond Nightfire was huge Ooh, for me. Oh, sick. Yeah. Uh I cuz I never really I had played GoldenEye at friends' mm-hmm. houses on N64, but I never owned an N64, so I wasn't too familiar with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Nightfire was huge for me. I even remember uh, getting it from EB Games. Oh, uh, nice. this old, yeah, this old store in the mall. And uh, I was with my dad, and we got the game, then met up with my mom at Applebee's. <laughs> this sounds like the greatest day in someone's life. I mean, I was it was it was I was so excited because I was going through the game, reading the manual. Yes. They had manuals at the time, which was like just looking at the back, being like, "Oh, I can't wait to be James Bond." Uh-huh. And I remember my mom saw, it and she's like, "This looks violent." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and my dad was like, uh, "It's James Bond." <laughs> what do you expect? Um, yeah, but she because she also like allowed no guns, no toy guns or anything. So I think yeah. she saw, you know, uh, James Bond holding a what is it pp9 and that said no this is violent yeah the yeah. and absolutely like at least from my perspective now i wouldn't have thought this as a kid but like from from my perspective a reasonable stance to have but it is so funny that like that that wouldn't be an inherent thing that she knew about james bond or maybe she did and <laughs> then just saw the cover and didn't know you had a james bond game but there's something funny to me about that yeah in big letters, I think it says 007. So. Yeah, uh, that's that's so good. Um, and it is funny because then you boot up the game and 
the opening, like it opens with that. I don't know if you remember. It opens with that title sequence of a bullet slowly, very slowly exploding out of a gun, <laughs> and uh, it's a woman singing, "Don't do me quietly. That's... Do it with intensity." <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. This is a game that yeah. I. Uh, full disclosure, I haven't played, but I I actually almost recently bought it at a retro store because I think you had seen on, the, on our list of episodes, Rob Skirbo came on to talk about this one. Or yeah. was it Quinn Boys? I don't know. There's it, was, a, it was Rob. It was Rob. Yeah. Uh, anyway, almost got it, but uh, I'm I'm not surprised, and that's so that's so funny to me. I love that. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Nightfire was big for you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other PS2 games. Were you a Metal Gear Solid person? I didn't get into Metal Gear Solid until later in life. Nice. Um, but, yeah, because I covered Metal Gear Solid when I was on Reactivators. That's right. Uh, the first time. I, uh, one of my favorite games ever, Hideo Kojima, is great. And I, uh, Death Stranding is another one of my favorite games. Oh, sick. Yeah. Uh, oh, like the Tony Hawk games I was big into. Mm. Underground especially, I, I I love. I think it's a great game. And... I'm from New Jersey, and that game, the first level is New Jersey. Oh, perfect. So that was very fun to see some representations. Yeah, and you, like, in that game, famously, like, you play a custom character, but it's, like, your story, and you are from New Jersey. So that's, uh, I'm sure, even more, that was (laughs) even more felt like at home. Uh, Yeah. I love that. Um, But I would always make my character, like, his skin was blue or something. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. They really look like me, but uh, you might have a copyright claim uh, uh, against one Mister Cameron. If I, um, I don't want to, I don't want to like pressure you into something. But you might have a few billion dollars coming your way. Yeah, my Tony Hawk's Underground character was canonically a Navi. Yes, uh, yeah. um, we'll have a lot of work to do after this podcast episode. Um, so, okay, PS2 is big for you too. Did you continue uh, gaming after that as well? Yeah, like um, I the next system I got was the Xbox 360. Nice, which was huge, a big departure for me. I didn't get the PlayStation Three. I mean, uh, nobody did really. Yeah, <laughs> at least I didn't know a lot of people who got it because uh, Xbox 360 was much more appealing, and that's uh, that was my first foray into online gaming with Xbox Live and just playing with friends from school was uh, so fun yeah. so fun were you playing uh like halo and stuff like that halo 3 oh yeah halo 3 uh left for dead left for dead oh, 2 yes yes you talked about yeah. that on on reactivators recently yeah left for dead 2 one of my favorite games ever as well oh that's so that's so great um yeah. uh and yeah a lot of people took like the PS3 ended up actually doing similarly well to the 360, but it was a late bloomer. Like I think early on it was too expensive. They didn't have a lot of great exclusive games. Uh, the marketing was weird for it, but the 360 was just like came out of the gate. Uh, uh, I guess needlers blazing, as I'll say. Um, <laughs> but yeah. so it sounds like you at least like you know early part of your life were playing video games consistently. Um, have you ever had a time in your life where you've taken like a big break from games or had what I like to call a dark period? Oh, uh, for sure. I've had maybe a few, but after high school, cause I was playing Xbox live all through high school mm-hmm. with friends and just having the absolute time of my life yeah. you know, playing like 
Grand Theft Auto 4 online with, you know, all my high school friends. And then I have a vivid, I have a vivid memory of moving into my college dorm and I brought my Xbox 360 with me, uh, hoping to play it with friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't turn it on once. Oh my gosh, no way. So, yeah, so it became a very just like sad relic that sat on my uh, dresser of, oh, yeah, this is like a sad relic to my youth almost. Yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully it was a good sign that like you were having a good time in college and stuff that you didn't need it at the very least. Uh, I guess it would be worse if you were just if weren't doing anything. Uh, I think it is that. It's the latter. Okay. I wish I was having a great time, but it was, oh, gotcha. it was more of, yeah, not doing much. So you said you're from New Jersey. Uh, can I ask where yeah. you went to school? Uh, high school or college? College. Uh, well, college, I went, I, my freshman year, which is where I had the Xbox 360, yes. was Montclair State University. That sounds familiar. Is that also in New Jersey or on the East Coast? Yeah, it's it's like North Jersey. Okay, cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Um Interesting. Stephen Colbert lives in Montclair. What? Well, <laughs> n- it's putting it on the map. So Stephen Colbert yeah. and Matt Adams went to sc- uh, school there. Um, yeah. Very cool. Uh, I guess I've got a few questions for you. I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about, but I've got a few more questions for you about your history with gaming. Um, yeah. If you were to uh, look back, do you think, and maybe, and if it's the game today, feel free to shout it out. But do you know if you have like a favorite game of all time? I, the, the first one that always comes to mind is Death Stranding. Oh, wow. Which is a v- more recent game. Yeah. But I I played that. Like I, I remember buying it right before the pandemic and I played it a little bit. And then pandemic happened. So I said, I'm going to, you know play this game some more and it really really struck a nerve and it's such like a weirdly uh, apt game for a playing in a pandemic because it's it there's and i don't know it just really struck me and uh, i've always loved it yeah since then that's so cool yeah i mean obviously a, a much exaggerated reality than we were going through but a lot of things that probably felt close to home uh, having, yeah. you know, I've only dabbled a few hours in that game, but you're playing a delivery man, uh, like in solace, delivering stuff to people and there's danger everywhere. And, uh, there's, there, is there a virus in that game? I should know this. Um, yeah, it's like the, well, there's the, the time fall rain, which if it hits you, it ages you rapidly. Yes. So I think that's the big. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's basically dangerous to go outside. It's dangerous to go outside. You're delivering packages to people and you just like put it in a slot. You don't actually see. Yes. Them. And and yeah. like our reality, everyone's just, you know, chugging Mountain Dew uh, by the <laughs> caseload. Uh, I actually uh-huh. um, was listening to another podcast today and they were saying that uh, that now if you get a patch for the game, I know they for sure in like the director's cut uh, that like the license ran out for Mountain Dew. So it's like not. Like the branding's not in the game anymore um, oh, really? on certain like, versions of it. Oh, because he – I think it's Monster Energy. Mo- sorry, I said yeah, Mountain Dew. Yeah. Totally <laughs> flubbed. That is Monster, of course. Yeah. That's so weird. I can't – is it just a blank can then? I'd have to look it up. Uh, yeah, that's but, strange. Yeah, I thought that was very bizarre. Um, yeah, that's one of the best parts of the game. <laughs> yeah, and I mean I really do – I sort of like that about games where there is like product placement or – I don't know, pop culture is included. So it, it 
it really puts it in a time and place. I mean, I guess this doesn't actually put it in a time and place because Monster, <laughs> I would probably more associate with like, I don't know, late 2000s or so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but still. It's still going to be around during the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, that's that, Okay, so that's really cool. Probably your favorite game of all time. Um, Death Stranding. Uh, and then, um, oh, yeah. Um, it, has there been a game or two uh, in recent memory outside of Death Stranding uh, that uh, you've really enjoyed that you'd like to shout out? Yeah, I've, I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 right now. Oh, so are, cool. are you playing it? I'm not, but it's one of those games that like I missed from last year, and I've not played a Xenoblade, but mm-hmm. that like I also know I would not have the time or energy for, but I, in my heart of hearts, I wish I was fully into Xenoblade 3 because it seems amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I And I, I have this issue. Let me know if you feel the same way, but if I have like an hour free, I usually don't want to play video games because I, I, I always feel I want 12 hours free. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to sink my teeth into Xenoblade yeah. 3. I, it's almost strange to me to pick it up. I, today I picked it up and played for 15 minutes and it felt weird. Yeah. I was like, I want to like be immersed in this and not leave my bed all day. Yeah, I absolutely relate to that. I, I've, I will say I've gotten... Um, I've gotten better. I've got, I've been more apt recently to have shorter play sessions, um, Mm -hmm. with, and I think it just depends on the type of game that I'm playing, but there are games like that, or I'm personally replaying the last of us part one right now for the first time, Mm. uh, in anticipation for the show. And that's a game that I wouldn't want to pick up for like a half hour. Like I'm, I'm, my full plan is after we're recording tonight is to, that's going to be my evening. Uh, yeah. sort of thing uh so what do you think about uh chronicles 3 uh, yeah i think it's great i think it's an amazing jrpg and uh i haven't played persona 5 royal yet but i i do think xenoblade is my favorite jrpg i'm also playing concurrently uh dragon quest 11 which i'm borrowing from friend of the Friend of the show, Tyler Schnapp. oh my gosh wait you're yeah. playing both of these huge it- jrpgs at the same time and and I just got my girlfriend got me Pokemon. Uh, what is it, Scarlet for Christmas? Really? So. <laughs> that I mean, I, I I just want you to know I'm laughing because I'm impressed and like wish I could be doing this too. I normally throughout the year because I love JRPGs for yeah. as much as, as little as I play them, it still might be up there as maybe my favorite genre. Um, but I usually have room for like maybe two in a year and they've got to be spaced out. So I'm just honestly jealous that you're able to do this right now. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're always massive undertakings. So mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I think it's I think it's a bad decision. I think it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be getting them confused, but I don't know, that's how it worked out. Well, I'm here to fully encourage this. Uh can I ask how many hours do you think you've put into three? Oh, uh, I don't know. It was I got it semi recently, so maybe fifteen, twenty. Not that many. Cool. Is there like a chapter that you're on? Because I know it's a chapter based game. Oh, uh, I <laughs> I don't remember. That's I okay. I've just heard that chapter <laughs> yeah. five sort of like really is impactful and sort of not turns the game on its head, but is like a huge moment in the game. Okay. Um, so I was just sort of curious, but uh, oh. that's that's so cool. Well, Matt, um, 
Is there anything else in your gaming history that you would uh, be disappointed and not shouting out today before we uh, move on in the show? Uh, well, I, I just had this thought thinking about having, you know, 12 hours free to play a game. Yeah. When I, when I got COVID a, a couple months ago, almost a year ago now, uh, it was right when Elden Ring had come out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to spend, you know, five days just didn't leave my bed and played Elden Ring for pretty much five days straight. And I think it was just one of the best, better ways to, you know, have COVID. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. Being a fan of someone who likes playing video games, it is like I felt the same thing when I had it, uh, like right around that same time, actually. Um, I think I had it, or was that the flu? I had like the flu right at like a month after. So I'm having hard different hard time uh-huh. differentiating, but I think I was playing like Horizon. Um, okay. And it was kind of similar. Like that's a game you can pump a bunch of hours into. Uh, that's so much fun. Um, yeah. So you're almost like a little excited that you got sick. It, like it was not the end of the, and I also was working a job that I really hated. So I didn't have to go to my job uh, either. So I got to stay home and just watch movies. And even though I didn't feel great, like there was a silver yeah. lining is what I'm saying. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so cool. Well, Matt, thank yeah. you so much for sharing, you know, bits and pieces about your history with video games. Uh, we're going to yeah. go ahead and take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll talk about all things Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Amazing. All right. I'll see you on the other side. Cool. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Matt Adams to discuss Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Matt, hello. Hello. Uh, Good to have you back. Um, Like I told you before the show, we're going to set the table a bit for the listener and uh, just talk about some bare bones bullet points about what this game is so that they understand when we get into the, you know, your personal history with it. Um, And like I said before, I'm going to be just like reading from wikipedia basically that i copied and pasted onto my little guide so if you want to interrupt at any time please do um but without further ado gauntlet dark legacy is a video game originally released to arcades in 1999 it is the sixth title in the gauntlet series and is an expansion of the previous title in the series gauntlet legends which when i kept putting you know your name on the schedule and little all the sheets and organizing the information for this episode I didn't know that was a game, but I kept typing Gauntlet Legends uh, and then having to go back and look. That's actually not the title of today's game. Um, Anyway, the expansion to this game adds five new levels and four new character classes, including Dwarf, Knight, Jester, and Sorceress. It also adds a large number of secret characters, some of which can be unlocked in the game, uh, while others are only accessible by entering specific cheat codes. Elements from Dark Legacy were integrated into the Dreamcast port of Gauntlet Legends, uh, and a direct port was made to the PlayStation 2, uh, which was released in 2001, followed by versions for the Game Boy Advance, GameCube, and the Xbox, released in 2002. And apparently there was a Game Boy Color port considered, but it was never released. This is like the era where if a game came out on a home console, there was a really... 
a very strong attempt to make one for a handheld device, whether or not it should ever be attempted. Um, yeah. That, you said it was released on Game Boy Advance? Yeah, there's a Game Boy Advance port of this game. I can't even imagine what that would yeah, be. Yeah, like maybe this type of structure of a game would be translatable since it's, you know, it's a dungeon crawler sort of action yeah. game, but still is probably a mess. Um, <laughs> so that's basically the, uh, that are the basic bullet points that I have about this game, yeah. Matt. What is there any other information that you think would be helpful, whether it be game details or how you go about playing the game that we should uh, uh, include? Um, I know obviously, this is a multiplayer game, too. Yeah. Um, but anything else you wanted to say about it? Yeah, I think, well, the Gauntlet series is an old arcade series, right? And then yeah. uh, Gauntlet Legends was the first kind of four systems. And then Gauntlet Dark Legacy is the only one I've ever played. So I never played the ones in the arcade. I never played Legends. And yeah, like you said, it is multiplayer. I played it a lot with my next door neighbor uh, when I was a kid. And I remember getting the game for myself and playing it single player and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not really that fun unless you have other people with you playing. Yeah, but definitely made to be played with other people uh, yeah. for sure. In fact, in the arcades, up to four of you, if possible. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, it's so, it's interesting because gaming for me now, present day, is such a solitary, uh, you know, activity. Yeah. I usually, I have a Switch and a PS4 now and I'm not, you know, I'm not playing online. Uh, I haven't played online since Xbox Live. I, and I don't usually like play games with friends. I'm usually, yeah, just playing single player campaigns and stuff. Uh, compared to as a kid, I was mostly playing with friends. Yeah, like it was, you know, having uh, like this game was me and my next door neighbor playing, uh, just in his unfinished basement, and it was like some of the best gaming memories I have. That is absolutely incredible, uh, and I feel like you've really you've even just set the table for what we're going to get into today. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about this. I, Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Oh, no, not jumping ahead at all. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you've given us just the perfect appetizer. Um, <laughs> I just also want you to know you're not alone. You're not the only person to play a game that was designed to be played with multiple people by yourself. Like I actually this last year played uh, the new new Super Mario Brothers Wii, which was – very specifically designed to be the first Mario Brothers game where multiple people are jumping around the stage at the same time. Okay. And I played it also alone. And so that was a very interesting experience when I came to talk to friends about it. And one friend, my, my friend who I did a podcast uh, about it with was like, you played this game wrong. It's supposed to be played with <laughs> multiple people, which uh, it was totally fair. Um, that being said, um, You've given us a taste already. You said this is a game that you got. Do you remember at all, you know, back this I know this is a long time ago. Do you remember at all uh like wanting this game? Was it one that just in your memory showed up? I'm curious to hear. I I definitely had no knowledge of this game before. I played it at my neighbor's house and he had I think three older brothers and huh. they were they had a very uh, <laughs> refined taste in video games, if you will. <laughs> they, like, uh, I remember, I have a distinct memory of just uh, me and my friend standing, not even sitting, standing behind his brother as his brother's on a PC playing 
doom (laughs) (laughs) and watching that and just like being like oh my god this is so cool and also watching him play diablo which like the the like health the red health sphere and the like the blue whatever magic sphere are so ingrained in my memory yeah just from watching i never even played it when i was young and like age of empires 2 was another big one Mm. another one of my favorite games ever um what a refined and, cultured PC gamer this older brother was. <laughs> yeah, he was very cool. And then years later, he became my math teacher. <laughs> funnily enough. Yeah. No way. In high school, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh that's so funny. Uh so so your friend had this game, and then is it one that you eventually got too? Yeah, I eventually got it for PS2. But like I said, I, I tried playing it by myself and didn't have fun. Yeah. But the yeah, because me and my friend would play it. Uh, in his basement just it was like one of those unfinished basements where the floor is concrete oh my gosh really <laughs> so unfinished. It was like concrete floor very cold there's just a carpet and a couch and a tv where we played this game and i think i i always thought it was ps2 but now i'm imagining it might have been on dreamcast we played it because i know he had a dreamcast oh whoa which is how i played like sonic adventure as well oh nice um, yeah. Do you? I mean, I don't know if this will jog your memory at all, but I'm pretty sure the Dreamcast had four controller ports. But was it just the two of you playing this game? As far as I can remember, yeah. I don't remember anybody else joining us, but it was just us two. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's uh, that's so much fun. I I when I was home for uh Christmas break, or I guess the holiday. What is a break? Uh, when I was home for <laughs> Christmas holiday, my parents have had all of their hardwood floor redone in their home, but they're still like in the middle of finishing some rooms. So the room I, that my old room that are, where I normally will stay was not re- ready for me to stay in. So I stayed in my sister's old room, which had no furniture in it. Uh, the floors <laughs> were done, but I slept on an air mattress, which, you know, was not a, it's not a problem, but there was no, I realized it was so cold in this room. And I think it was because there's no, other objects to soak up the cold uh, <laughs> yeah. was my – there's probably no science that backs this up at all. But I'm imagining this concrete basement in New Jersey, right? Yeah. It's got to be frigid. Uh, yeah, it was cold. There's no sunlight. So uh, kind of an ideal place to play Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Yeah. You know, honestly, for a dungeon crawler, it's kind of appropriate. Uh, yeah. That's so uh, – that's so this is already so much fun. I'm loving these details. Um uh is like is there are there any other little I mean, you've given a lot of us, of us a lot of stuff for the basement. Uh is there any other details about the basement that you remember at all? Yeah, I mean standard stuff. There was some free weights. I remember <laughs> I think there's a bench press. Older brother stuff. Uh-huh. And then just Christmas decorations. Uh one of those hanging light bulbs that you have to pull a little string to turn on. Awesome. Which is a very, uh, yeah, little dingy basement. Uh, yeah, I also, I, I remember because my friend's name, I just remember this. My friend's name was uh, Cody. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I don't even want to, like, I'm not even trying to, like, make fun of him yes. as a kid. And I do actually think this was cool. He would uh, to ask people to call him code man yeah <laughs> which already like i don't think you should ask people to call you a nickname i don't think that's how it works but it's because he said he has all the cheat codes that is 
<laughs> it's so funny, but in a way that I respect. Uh, yeah, that's and and it's it, what he meant is he just had like one of those. Uh, you know, books you got at a Scholastic Book Fair that had a bunch of random cheat codes in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Legend of the Code Man. This is awesome yeah. and perfect that it his name was Cody, of course. Exactly. Uh, oh, that's so cool. Um, I'm glad we got a name for this person too. Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely going to be something in the show description about the Code Man. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, but um, that's that's really fun. What do you um if if you can remember. What do you remember about the game itself or like what sticks out to you all these years later? I remember this because this came out like around the time of Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. So I this my first two uh, first time dipping my toe into high fantasy. Sick. And this I mean, watch I was like watching playthroughs earlier and watching people play it now. It's like the most like overused fantasy tropes yeah. ever. And <laughs> But it's I still love it, and it's like very, um, I don't like the game. I just liked. It was fun to you and have you and a friend just take on two hundred enemies. Yeah, and you know you have to collect, and there's always like a weird competition between you, the two of you, because you could collect treasure uh, throughout the map, and at the end of every level, it like measures out how much treasure you have, and you could see visually who got more. That's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, watching a little gameplay myself and yeah, I saw the person is person also playing in single player for this gameplay video on <laughs> yeah. YouTube, but they were, uh, yeah, they would just like strike an enemy and then stuff would fall and they would just be collecting that and sort of making their way through a little bit of a maze. Um, and it, it also helped jog memories for me because I, I don't remember what version of this game that I've played. Um, but I have played a gauntlet and I'm pretty sure I want to say it was either this or the one that this was sort of a expansion of a gauntlet legends. Um, yeah, I remember this is the part of the show where I make it about myself. Uh, <laughs> we had, um, did you guys have like uh, any laser tag, like arenas or places by you growing up? We did. Yeah. We had one called the recreation station. The recreation station was its primary thing. Laser tag or did it have a bunch of stuff? It was mostly laser tag, but they had some, you know, claw machines and skee ball and stuff. Gotcha. I don't know. They, I feel like the brand, they could have been, I asked because I'm, I'm just like, be more specific with your branding. I don't know what, the, <laughs> I don't know that it's a laser tag place. But uh, anyway, there was one in, there's probably a few. I'm from Modesto, which is a town up north in the Central Valley. But uh, hmm. there was one place, I think it was a small chain called Laser Quest. And this place was so much fun if someone had their birthday there uh it was like the greatest thing that could happen to you um i i we also really got into this game into laser quest i promise i'll get to gauntlet in a second <laughs> um but it was so much fun because they had this like whole arena built in this building like you know through a few doors and and where you hang up your like little laser vests and your guns but we got so good and so strategic at this. Uh, I just remember having a lot of fun uh, doing that. Uh, anyway. Sorry, I don't know if you could hear my roommates being loud. Oh, no, it's okay. I heard, but it, it, no big deal for me. Um, okay. Uh, uh, I was trying to not listen to their conversation. Um, but uh, anyway, at Laser Quest, they had a few arcade machines, and there was one gauntlet machine. I don't know if it was Legends or Dark Legacy, but it was so much fun to play with people. And 
watching this video, I'll finally tie it back. Jogged yeah. memories <laughs> of that. Um, do like, and as I was reading and learning about the game uh, and prepping for this episode, I know that obviously, as we talked about earlier, there's a bunch of different like types of characters you can use or classes. Do you remember at all what you would use back then or is it too far? Yeah, I, I would usually be the blue knight. Sick. I think, but Quite sometimes regal. I would be the, the dwarf as well because he was fun. And then sometimes, just to be a little stinker, I'd be the je- the jester. Oh, the jester. The jester? Yeah. Uh, as I was just reading this, I was like, that sounds like the most fun uh, class. What the heck does a jester do in a game like this? Do you know? I I don't even remember, but he like kind of like hopped along. He didn't even like walk normal. <laughs> he kind of was goofy. That's uh, just always entertaining. Um, yeah, that's so funny. Uh, are there any other specific details about the game that you remember? Like, do, are there boss fights? Like, what are what's like the was the was the fun of this just playing with a friend and going through these levels? I think a hundred percent the fun was playing with a friend and just you know hacking and slashing your way through the levels. I remember the uh, distinctly because it kind of scared me as a kid was uh, sometimes you can open a chest and death comes out, oh. <laughs> which is just and it's a very scary like animation of death. It's just like he has a brown robe like Obi Wan Kenobi, but it's just like a black black interior with just like glowing oh, eyes. Wow. And he just has his hands out like Frankenstein and glides around. And if you, you know, he, you can't kill him with melee attacks. You have to use magic, oh. but you could also, you can also just outrun him. Okay. Gotcha. So you could hopefully <laughs> leave him strategy. in the dust if you can. Yeah. But every time he popped up, cause it was random too. So it would always scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. That's frightening. That reminds me. I just, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, stereotypically over the holidays, watched uh, uh, some Christmas movies, including my personal favorite, which is uh, The Muppets Christmas Carol. Have you seen this one? Oh, love it, yeah. Uh, watched it this. I watched it actually twice this year because we did a podcast on it uh, that, that's on our Patreon, and it was so much fun. Yeah. But the death character in that movie is also oh, yeah. like very. I mean, death is supposed to be harrowing, kind of like it's harrowing in Scrooged. If you've seen that, uh, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, Oh, I can just I can picture this now, especially as a kid. Like you're, you're a lot more prone to be scared by stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Uh, great. Um, now you've given us some context as far as like uh, of where you would play this at the at the code man's house, of it, watching his <laughs> older brother play games over his shoulder. Um, what other context do you remember about either playing this game with uh, with your friend? Uh, or like what was going on in your life at the time as like a young kid? Yeah, play, it was playing Grand Theft Auto 3. And we would also play a lot of Dragon Ball Z Budokai. Oh, sick. Fun. I think maybe that was around this time, maybe a little later. But yeah, I loved that game. Did you know that that was the game Tyler brought on almost two years ago to do? Oh, did he really? It's like That's- to this day, I believe it is the most listened to episode on this podcast. Wow. Like it, I mean it's there's a spike it's huge fandom around that game. It's <laughs> the best. I and yeah, I I saw the new Dragon Ball movie with Tyler in theaters oh, and it was a blast. I'm jealous. There's um do you go do you happen to go to the AMC in uh Burbank? Yeah, yeah, that's where we saw in it. In the parking garage to this day cuz I I was there last Saturday, there's still a huge two huge posters for it in and out. Uh I <laughs> 
I make this comment every time. I'm like, oh, they still have the Dragon Ball Super superhero posters up. I love that. Like my, because I've been pointing it out. Anyway, long. I'll make a short a short story really long. Uh, but my girlfriend's uh, went to the University of Georgia as a big uh, Georgia football fan. They do alumni screenings of their games at Barney's Beanery, which is right there. And so I think we went like three or four times this year uh, and with some friends. And every time it's been there and every time I point it out and she's like, is this a movie or a game? What is what is this anyway? And I was like, it, it's a movie, but I'm not going to dive into who these characters are. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all that. Just jumping off you saying you also played Budokai with this friend. Yeah, and I have a vivid memory of that too. Uh, we we were this, it was me, Codeman, and another friend. And uh, Codeman was playing my other friend, and he lost. Uh-huh. And the rules were, you know, if you lost, then the other person got to play. So you, if you kept winning, you get to keep keep playing. Totally. But he lost, and he. <laughs> I remember being like, okay, my turn. And he said, no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he said, I'm going to keep playing. And it was at my house. And I said, no, it's my, it's my turn. You can't keep yeah. playing. And then he pushed me down and st- he ran upstairs. Oh my, he and was my probably mom, really upset. He was. And my mom came down and she's like, oh, great. Now he's going to go home and his mom's going to think he got in trouble over here or something. <laughs> Just for that brief impression of your – the impression I'm getting from your mom from that is she strikes me as very funny. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think she's funny. Uh, I love that. So that's that's great. But I I also totally interrupted your story. Um, Yeah, that he – yeah, that was it. (laughs) Nice, nice, (laughs) nice. Yeah, and then we played some more. Uh, Uh, But yeah, as far as like what was going on in my life around the time – you know, I guess I was just in elementary school, yeah. right? <laughs> I had to be. And I'm like, was video games my main hobby? I don't even... I, I think around this time... This is before I was like really, really into movies. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the PlayStation 2 era. So yeah, I guess I guess video games were my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, you were in your game era. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, That's so much fun. This has been... Uh, a lot of fun to hear you share about, you know, your time with this game and, and, you know, the stuff that was circulating around you during it. Is there any other detail about either the game or, you know, the context around it that you wanted to share today? Uh, I'm not, well, this, what we were just saying got me thinking about like different eras yeah. of video games that you have. And I was wondering if you had anyone like personal, errors because like this to me is a distinct error you know pre ps2 yeah and then ps2 is its own thing xbox live is definitely its own thing then there was that lull for me uh-huh. and then it kind of on a whim uh like when i f- first moved to la and like for the first time in my life had disposable income i said you know i'm gonna buy a playstation 4 yeah and i bought that and i bought witcher 3 and that kind of Almost started a new era, uh-huh. but then I stopped playing. Yeah, and then I think the pandemic really set off the new, the era I'm in right now, which is the PS4 Switch era. Yes, uh, I love I love that. I know that happened for a lot of people because we just had so much more time during the pandemic to uh yeah to play stuff. But I I do think of different times in my life as their sort of own or. I don't know if I actively am thinking about it, but I could definitely place them for you. Like yeah, there was like. 
early childhood where we just had an NES because it's what my parents had when I was born. When I was born, and I would just play ga- the games that we had, or my parents would like. We maybe would go to this secondhand video game store nearby, and I would get like a Ninja Turtles game or like some licensed game, whether it was Simpsons, Roger Rabbit, whatever. Yeah, and then there was. The era of like me seeing – I remember I saw – I've talked about this on the show, but I saw Super Mario 64 for the first time in a Toys R Us and just couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, And so that started off an era of of me really loving video games and actively seeking them out, playing Pokemon on my Game Boy. Uh, Me and my best friend Eddie uh, were always going over to each other's houses. And then, yeah, there's like the GameCube PS2 era, which was like – Mm-hmm. Kind of it's like a huge deal because it felt like 3D graphics really found their form from like the previous generation to that. It just like took such a leap. Um, and then, yeah, I even think of like there's many more I could talk about. But ever since the Switch came out, I was still gaming before that. But I would just kind of mostly almost exclusively replay stuff that I had been playing my whole life, like the Zelda games or Mario games or whatnot. And then once the Switch came out, then I was like, oh, this is a, th- a thing of mine again. And yeah. and then now it's like literally half of my personality and I run a video game <laughs> podcast network. Uh, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Switch is a great system. It'll do that to you. I love it. Um, I don't even ha- – I have the Switch Lite and I still – Oh, nice. Get a lot What color do you have? I have the, the turquoise one. Cool. Yeah, which I think is the best one, right? Uh, you know, I'm run- crunching the numbers here, and yeah, it is the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I were correct so. in that. Pink, uh, the the like coral came in a close second. Sorry, yellow. Coral is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah when I see people with the yellow, I'm like, <laughs> were they sold out of the turquoise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, this has been so much fun. Uh, before we move on to the end of the show, would you do me a favor and just put a bow on whatever place uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy held for you? Mm-hmm. it's i think it represents even more than just like the game itself because i played a lot of it with my friend but i think it represents just playing games with friends yeah which is a thing like i said i don't really do anymore uh that it was such like a special time in my life uh going from you know playing like these types of like couch co-op games with friends to going to xbox live and just that weird sense of camaraderie you have. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's fun to have a bunch of, I don't know, goblins come at you <laughs> and you throw a, a, a sword at them. It was weird, too, because as the knight, you had a sword, but all the attacks, you, you were throwing the sword. I think I, this is the character I watched this person play. It was like, you just kind of have infinite swords. You have infinite swords that you throw, <laughs> which, I you know, I guess, okay, that's fine, but... I don't know. It's just fun, and it's fun to it's fun to have two people on the same screen, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like Nightfire, where it's like split down the middle or things. It's fun to share one screen where you both exist in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so great. Uh, again, we've got a little time left, but Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show and bringing this game to talk about. That was a blast. Uh, I even got to talk about Laser Quest today, and uh, that's <laughs> yeah. that always makes me happy. Um, But I've got two fun post-show segments prepared for you based on you choosing this game today. The first of which is the Fact Me. 
by your game segment where I'm just going to share a couple fun facts about this game with you today. Um, I love it. Sometimes I share like uh, cheat codes, which this would have been a good one for because there's a ton of them. Uh, sometimes oh, yeah. it's Easter eggs, development history. Um, but I've got a couple uh, couple d- different things for you today. The first of which, uh, my first fun fact I have titled Nearly a Book Series. Now, in 2004, publisher iBooks, which I guess was an imprint of Simon & Schuster, uh, released a novel based on the video game titled Gauntlet, Dark Legacy, Book One, Paths of Evil uh, by Richard White. And this, the Wikipedia that I, which is where I pulled this fact from, even had like an ISBN, so like a like a book identification number, um, which is crazy. Wow. So it's real. <laughs> um, yeah. And there was a sequel planned uh, called A Book Two, Paths of Fear. Uh, it was written and planned for 2005 release, but due to both the demise of uh, Byron Press Visual Productions and the licensor of this game, uh, it never came to pass. Uh, so there's just, but there is one. So it was almost a book series, but there is a book, uh, which I'm sure you're going to seek out after this. Yeah, I mean, uh, without a doubt. Putting going in his shopping cart. Um, <laughs> uh, I would have also just never guessed that Gauntlet, the series, uh, had a, enough inspiration to have a book series. It's just really tickled me it, it's so wild yeah um they're going for their and it's written by J.R. tolkien <laughs> oh yes i'm seeing this here yes it's a tolkien novel uh, um who i don't know who this richard c white guy is uh the second fact i have for you is actually some a bit of recent news titled fan remake on the horizon now hmm? gauntlet dark legacy remastered is an upcoming fan remake of this 2001 installment, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Uh, The game is in early prototyping stages and has an undetermined date for release, so who knows if it will ever actually come out. Um, But a a, a demo level is expected to come out this next September with early access for Patreon supporters. Uh, And I guess there's a whole Discord page for this, which you can find via – I don't know if if you've been to the website – fandom wiki but it's a pretty popular wikipedia like website for games uh but anyway yeah. apparently there there's a fan remake coming oh wow okay because we're gonna and have it's to gonna be go for I, it i hope it's gonna be canon with the book series right it, it better be um yeah and uh all i know is that uh the code man's gonna get a phone call for, <laughs> for to report for duty um yeah. anyway that'll do it for the fact me by your game segment i'll lead us into the final one the game recommendations. Now, this is my one forced tie-in to the movie, Call Me By Your Name, where I'm going to treat Gauntlet Dark Legacy as your passionate summer Italian love, this f- amazing fling you have. But of course, you're not going to stay together, and you're going to move on in your life. And so these suggestions are potential flings for you based on this game. So they have some traits in common, which I know can be comforting sometimes. Uh, yeah. So here we go. We've got three for you today. If you like this game, uh, this multiplayer sort of dungeon crawling game, but you want more IP in your arcade brawler, I'll recommend Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Really, any of the games. Have you ever touched any of these? I haven't, no. I actually think if you like this sort of gameplay, it probably would be fun. There is Marvel Ultimate Alliance for 3 for Switch, which might be really cheap at this point. But uh, anyway, that's your first one. Um, okay, great. 
if you like this game, but you want a little more strategy, a little more intentionality with uh, with your group dungeon crawler, I'll recommend to you Diablo 2. You mentioned Diablo uh, earlier. Have you played this one? I've played Diablo 2, yeah. That was one of the games me and my friend <coughs> would stand behind his brother and watch him play. That's right. Uh, but I have played it, yeah. that's I love Diablo. Awesome. Uh, and then lastly, your final recommendation is if you like your Midway which is the company that made this game, Smash Hitters. Of course, yeah. But, Mortal Kombat, too. But you, Sorry. No, no, it's true. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and no apologies necessary. Uh, if you like those games, but you need it to be sporty and you still want your announcer there, I'll go ahead and recommend to you NFL Blitz 2000. Uh, yes. Have you played this game? I have, yeah. Dude, I love this and, Blitz 2000. <laughs> it's This and MLB Slugfest 2003. Yes. So fun. Oh, my gosh. Um <laughs> A completely different t- style of game, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of similar stuff in common. Uh, oh yeah, I remember the cheat codes. I mean, because they had that weird screen before you started the game where you could just keep pu- pushing buttons, and sometimes you would randomly get a cheat code. Yes, uh, or a, of course, if you knew the code, you could put it in. Yeah, like big head mode, you could put in like foggy mode. There's a bunch of, I'm sure, like full turbo mode. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's I love that game, but. Anyway, uh, to recount your three recommendations today, we have Marvel, Ultimate Alliance, Diablo 2, and NFL Blitz 2000. That'll do it for the game recommendations, and that will actually bring us to the end of the show. Um, So before we go and plug whatever we want, Matt, thanks again for taking time to do this. It was not only fun to, you know, hear from you about your history with gaming and this game in particular, but get to know you a little better today. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Absolutely. So um, I know we've got a podcast to plug. If you want to plug your socials, feel free to do that too. Um, Yeah, whatever you say, I'll put it in the show notes. So go ahead. Okay, great. Yeah, you could um, listen to Scary Movie Sleepover wherever you get podcasts. uh, Or you can go to scarymoviesleepover.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at mankadams, M-A-N-K, like the David Fincher film, Adams. Um, and you can follow me on Letterboxd. You could go to my friend Tanner Hodgson's account and look who he follows and you can follow me. Gorgeous. Uh, I do have to say every time I, I forget that that's your Instagram username, uh, until I see it. Uh, cause we've been messaging leading up to this. And so even today looking for it, I forgot. And it always gives me a good chuckle that you're Mank Adams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I'll be sure. A solid seven out of 10 movie. I think. Yeah. Uh, that was also a pandemic film, wasn't it? Yeah, I think people made was, a big deal about it too. Yeah, it came Netflix like I think December twenty twenty. Wow, dang. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and close this out with uh, some plugs of my own. Thanks again for doing this. Um, yeah, the uh, show art for Call Me by Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find Glenn and his other wonderful work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should check out his show. Video games, a comedy show, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also follow the show, of course, on social media at uh, on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod, on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. Uh, my social media is in the handles or is in the show notes as well, so feel free to follow me. And um, again, check us out on Discord if you want to be in the conversation of not just Call Me By Your Game, but video games, a comedy show, truly anything on our network. 
uh, feel free to reach out to me on social media or the show, and I'll, I'll be happy to provide that invite link. Uh, and then lastly, don't forget to check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where, like I said earlier, we have a ton of bonus video game content. I've already mentioned the Call Me By Your Game co-op series. We do a weekly show called Super NPCs, a topical show on whatever we want. We just did an episode on, uh, we're doing an episode on video games we think would make good TV series because of The Last of Us coming out. Uh, and of course, we're doing our games club on Super Mario 64. So over 12 weeks, we are covering that game from start to finish, taking a fine tooth comb to it. And you can find that on our Patreon as well at the $10 DJ Toad tier. Um, but yeah, if you like us, consider subscribing. But that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one. Thank you.